You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. I'm Tia McNelly. And I'm Michaela Hooper. And you are listening to episode eight of The Collected Podcast. We are so excited for you to hear this interview today. I know we say that every week, but we are so excited. We're interviewing Kelvin Massio, who is visiting all the way from Nairobi, Kenya. And this interview was all over the place and 100% incredible. Michaela, what what were your thoughts about this interview? So one thing that you will discover about Kelvin is he is a storyteller. Um, that is true, big time, and um, we were we norm- we laugh a lot with him, but um, really had to control really my had laughing. to control the laughter. But you will find that there's great depth to his stories as well, and there is purpose and intentionality in um, his life and his interactions with people. So um, I I know you will be blessed and blown away by what he has to share. So. So here's our interview with Kelvin Massio. Welcome back. We are so excited to have our friend Kelvin Massio here from Kenya. Kelvin, thanks for being here. Sure. Thanks for having me. Kelvin, tell us a little bit about how you ended up sitting in this room with us today. Um, it's a long story, but it is. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm down in this town to to visit a few friends that that I love, and um, you know, I thought of coming down and, and talking, sharing about my life. Um, and so yeah, yeah. And how how did we meet? I'm trying to think. What year was that? Twenty. 13? 13? 2013. Yeah. 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 Yeah, So um, I met Calvin in Kenya. He owns Amali Safaris, which is a safari company that does logistics, transportation, lodging, anything that you need. If you are in Kenya, Calvin can take care of you. He can take care of anything you need. And I rely on him for that every single time I go to Kenya. Um, but more than that, Kelvin runs his business as sort of a, so- a social um, entrepreneur. He is an entrepreneur's entrepreneur, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Kelvin, tell us a little bit about how you got into business and kind of what your philosophy around how you run your business is. Um, yeah, so I grew up in a, in a family that um, I, my first business ever was um, a trash collection business. Um, today we are known as Tigoni Refuse Company. We tell people we are a waste management and recycling company. Uh, but back in those days, it wasn't that. It was just you know, a boy from the village who decided, I'm going to go and collect trash today. Um, we used to do that uh, with a friend of mine called Simon, living now in um, the USA. Um, so grew up in a very poor family. And by poor, we weren't like that poor. Um, you know, we still had other people much, much worse than, than what we had going. Um, and one day my dad was let go from his work and he came with an old Chevy truck. It was a blue Chevy love truck. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's all he brought home. And so for a couple of days there, I was like, I need to do something. You know, I, I, when he 
he was let go. I had to drop out of college, and and so I started my first business there. And so a um, couple of years later, I I you know moved up the ranks, and um, I decided to do something else that involved people, and that is when I stumbled upon um, Amali. Amali is really a, a Swahili word, which means an engagement or an activity filled with hope. Mm. Um, and we wanted not to be a safari company, but just to be an avenue to serve you know nonprofits and churches and people coming to do um, or inject small doses in our community and we wanted to partner with them um, and from that you know it opened up doors to you know me working for these nonprofit and meeting other nonprofits as well in the same line and it is awesome I have seen the richest people from the US come to Africa uh, heartbroken wanting to do something and it has changed my perception on life and finances and all and it shows me that there is something else that people are looking for. Definitely. Um, other yes. than just, you know, boats and yachts and big F-150 trucks. Yeah. yeah. People are learning, looking for purpose yes. and for meaning in their lives. Exactly. Exactly. So do you feel like at this point you've discovered your purpose? Like what God designed you to do on this earth to communicate his love to humanity? Um, I used to really struggle with, um, with God and and God's purpose for my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to to really search for a sign, a presence. I was sharing with someone yesterday night and I was telling them, um, a lot of people, if you hear their testimonies, they go all out. Yeah, you know, I had a voice and the voice spoke to me. I, I was in a car accident. I saw a big light. But for me, I never felt any of that. So I, I, I came to Christ um, um, years ago when I was maybe 10. Um, and for me, it was nothing more of a conviction. Like, you know, uh, we were at a Bible school. I felt a conviction to give my life to Christ, and I just did it. Yeah. Two minutes later, we were lined up, a group of kids, and um, we were told, give us your testimonies. And I was like, um, I just felt a conviction. That's it for me. And during the years that followed, I really, really wanted to know Christ. I really wanted that voice or something supernatural to happen. But I really never felt that. Um, I never had that. And so um, years later, looking back at my life right now, I realize there have been so many things that have happened in my life. And I think that is how Christ has used me. I think that is how Christ has manifested himself in my life because it is it is the people that he brings into my life. It is the doors that he opens and those he chooses to close. And so it is it is exciting for me, but I have to trust in him um, and, and trust that it is God's doing and not just, you know, attaching, you know, meaning to useless things, you know. Right. And so that has been very, very significant for me. If I share my testimony, I usually start with, tell me if I'm making a big deal out of this or this is just a life. And at the end of it all, people are like, whoa, <laughs> that is something. Yeah, you know? yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah. And so you, I know you pretty well. And so you do have a way of making connections with people and allowing uh, just that natural flow of relationship to cause heaven to come to earth. Like you, you work very hard to get your message that God's placed in your heart to the world. What do you feel like that message is? Um, growing up, my mom used to tell me a lot that we are blessed so that we become a blessing to yeah. other people. Now, if you're from a poor family, you automatically think these blessings are financial blessings, right? And and that's what I thought. That's what I thought in the beginning. Like, it has to be financial blessings. And I struggled a little bit with that mm-hmm. until 
years later I've, I've come now to realize some of it may not be all financial blessings mm. it might be a talent that someone has it might be a, a gift of the holy spirit that someone has and so what you need what you have sorry someone else needs it yeah. right and so really I, i i started thinking we are in this world for a purpose and it's not all about me mm-hmm. and so one of my greatest strengths is is something called individualization where you're able to look at various people pick only the good traits in them because we are not all 100% yeah, you know right. some of us are a bit like me ugh. um 50% <laughs> 98 oh, okay. uh, um and so individualization really you pick a strength that somebody has and and you know a couple of people you bring all their strengths together and, and make something great out of it i think every entrepreneur has that strength and so the more i came to know i have these unique talents and and, and one of these is running a business and identifying problems and, and and so on and so forth i i try to leverage everything for god because i realize it is god who's who's given me that that sense of mm-hmm. of being there of, of actually seeing it um also i think the prayers of of my parents of especially my mom who I'm very close to my mom is a prayer warrior mm-hmm. i mean if we go to war with my mom we've already won the battle <laughs> um and so i think personally that um everything that god has bestowed on me these are my mom's prayers that are being answered through me and so i'm just a custodian really um and so i have to be very careful very diligent and i pray every day and ask god you know help me be a good boss help me be a good son but yeah. most of all help me be a good servant mm. for you um so that's what i do that's good uh-huh. and you've sort of i think put that really succinctly in the sort of the tagline of amali which is what uh it's live a life of love uh it's funny actually the way we started and it derived from ephesians 5:2 because i thought love really controls the world if 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 we all loved each other and loved each other you know intensely intensively then a lot of things in this world would not be as they are um the way that amali started is actually funny um so i i knew i wanted to do something uh this time i had a big corporate job in nairobi um uh i was working in in a, in a store in nairobi high end family owned um uh, but i wanted to do something else like you know i'd see my friends work for non-profits and something in me was was still urging me like you need to do something and so i quit my day job and i went to do amali full time um at this time i knew very well that I, we can't even pay ourselves I can't pay myself um and the way that amali started is funny because um growing up when i was in college um the area which i grew up in um i see a lot of people coming to help the community you know they are building a church or drill a well and there's this kid his name is john he's from a, a children's home that i know of And so every July um there's this American woman who would come down and she was the godparent she would sponsor that kid they would exchange letters and so every time the woman would go back to the US John and I would see each other in the streets and we'd be like hey Calvin when is mom coming um and I'd be like oh it's next June and we would anticipate the trip and then one day um the mom told me you know I was online on Facebook and we sort of were online at the same time and she was like hey kelvin i don't think i'll come next year blah blah i mean this year blah blah and i said why I said oh the company that i'm using is a little bit expensive and blah 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 so two things happened right then number one the opportunity side of me saw that is a business that mm-hmm. you don't want to let go yes exactly. and the other side was like that is really sad that someone could sit behind a desk and because someone doesn't have money then they won't see kenya Or, right. or or they won't come down 
Because mm-hmm. all my thoughts right now are on John. Yeah. Like the poor kid. Like he's so excited every June, but this year it won't happen. Yeah. Just because someone isn't making enough money. And so I thought that was really sad. And so those two things, they actually project uh, propelled me to want to start something and, and just leverage, just live a life of love. It doesn't matter if I make tons of money. And throughout the years, I've seen people who've come and said, hey, Kelvin, we love it, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to go to the Maasai Mara, but I'm on, on a budget. I'm like, if I'm making something little, it doesn't have to be much. Yeah. Sometimes it's almost nothing. I'm like, sure, why don't you just go, you know? Yeah. And so it started that when I tried to leverage for, you know, both, you know, being a, a really good person, which is really hard sometimes. And also just <laughs> just is. running a profitable yeah. business. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's incredible. But I think something that you touched on is that when you are when you are working with people and you recognize that it's going to benefit them, it actually can often push you to do more or to dream bigger or mm-hmm. to to see um, beyond what even they could see, so that they they experience the goodness of where you live and what you're doing and. Um, I think that that's really evident in what you do with Amali. Like you provide space for people to experience the goodness that's in Kenya and um, and beyond. So uh, absolutely, there are people in my life I call destiny makers or destiny changers. This is someone who steps into your life and he changes the whole trajectory of your life. That's right? Good. It's like Jesus Christ. Consider how he would go and heal someone. Um, <laughs> And, and he would ask Jesus, what can I do? What can I do for you? And Jesus would be like, just go and tell others about me, yeah. right? And so that one person, their life would be completely changed because of one person. Now, if we all try to do that, then I think it would be a completely different world. And what you say there is exactly and 100% true because when I'm at Amali, um, like when we are serving people throughout my life, there's been people who've come into my life, the people I call destiny changers, who've changed my life in a big way. Um, one of them is the lady who agreed to pay for my tuition. Um, she didn't want any glorification for it. She was like, I don't even want to meet your parents. Um, I just want to pay your fees and go back to school and that's it. I want nothing. I don't want to meet your parents. I don't want letters. I want nothing. When I had my diploma, she didn't even want to see it. She was like, Kelvin, I did my part. Go. Right. Wow. And so the years that followed, I realized there are so many of these people in my life. There are people who just step into my life and just they just change stuff. But I'm growing older. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm growing more in influence mm-hmm. and spiritually I'm growing. And I realize I also have to be one of those people yes. for someone else. True. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a multiplication effect. It goes back to what my mom was saying. We are blessed so that we become a blessing to mm-hmm. other people. Nice. And so it's not all about you, Kelvin. Right. You know, you just received the change so that you can be a change to other people as well. Yeah. And so exactly, mm-hmm. yes. You kind of function as a bit of a conduit. Exactly. There's a, mm-hmm, there's a poem that I love uh, by a guy called Abdul El-Baha. It says, oh God, make me a hollowed reed um, that the pith of something, something has been blown so that I may become a clear channel to which your love to others may flow. Conduit. Ah. Exactly. Beautiful. Exactly. So, yeah. Tell us about um, a voice in your life that you listen to on the regular that influences you and helps you um, keep perspective. Um, I listen to a lot as a... <laughs> growing old, I, I say old and, and I really... <laughs> 
play that along every time I yeah, meet someone. Yeah, can we just be real for a second? <laughs> what what year were you born in, Kelvin? I, I'm a child of the '80s. I, I was born when Michael when Michael Jackson was still black. You are. So um, <laughs> you're so old. Yes. Um, so anyway, I the older I'm getting, the more I'm moving away from listening to um, music. To listening to to podcasts and and people speak and that kind of a thing, um, and so even down in Nairobi as I'm driving every day, I'm always listening to something or someone as opposed to listening to music. Um, a lot of it is spiritual, some of it is also uh, political and stuff, because um, I think I want to make myself really aware of what's happening around me and and around the world. And so there are a ton of people yeah. um, that I listen to. One of the one of the most um, one of, one of the big persons I listen is a guy called uh, JD. Um, he speaks at Summit Churches, and he just got nominated for this big Baptist thing in the U.S. Um, he's a big guy. And so he really, really speaks well, um, and I love listening to him. And that, you yeah. go to church at Summit Church in Tigoni, yeah? Yes. So the Summit Tigoni is actually a church plant that I helped. Um, well, I, I take all the credit, but it was uh, 2% me. Um, <laughs> um, and, and so... <laughs> The non-profit I work for... So you take 2% of the credit. Yes, I take Action. 2% of the right, credit. Right, okay, 2%. Um, 2%. Okay. The non-profit I work for, um, the small community that we work... Which we is work called in, Freedom Global. You, yes, Freedom Global. We'll go Glo- there later, but... Yes, Freedom Global. Um, one of the guys that uh, came to work with us in Kenya is a guy called Tim. Uh, Tim Jackson was the CEO for then of the Summit Church US. And he came down and I was in his small group. So every Friday we'd meet in his garage, we'd just talk about Christ and everything. And he, he redefined the way we, we do the gospel, you know. In a country that has so much poverty levels, it's, it's really easy to get dragged into the wealth, health, and prosperity gospel. And um, th- this is a guy who was, was doing very well in the States, um, you know, came to Kenya. And every Friday, that's what we would do. And the, the, the Bible group grew and grew and grew. And sooner or later, we told ourselves, we need, we need a church. And so there's many of us that... Um, you know, attend that church now, and we call it ironically zero uh, percent for creativity. The summit, uh, <laughs> Tigoni, uh, and so it's 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 a it's a really neat congregation of just people who know each other, and I love our church. Um, What's your favorite thing about your church? One of one of the Sundays that I went there, our church preaches the gospel. Yeah, uh, that is very significant for me. One of the Sundays that I went to church, uh, our pastor, his name is Ibrahim, he stood in front of the congregation and said, as your pastor, I feel I have to tell you this, because if I don't, you will all go to hell. Wow. <laughs> and it is upon me to lead you. And so no pastor says that, you know? It was really brave. And I love at our church because it's, it's, it's very free. Like, I, I go with my shorts and, and, and my jeans and my flip-flops, and nobody cares and nobody looks at me and we're just there worshiping and 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 just praising god so know? everyone's welcome to just come as they are yeah, yeah yeah just just as you are we we worshiped the first uh, one year in a tent um a lot of times it was raining um you know we had water dripping down mm-hmm. but we were just there just singing our hearts out the first time i ever came to the u.s i didn't realize the magnitude of u.s churches <laughs> until i came to a church in the u.s right. everything is so choreographed mm-hmm. yeah. um these people practice you know the worshipers they practice every wednesday and tuesday and saturday like it has to be perfect everything has to be perfect the guitars everything the lights everything um back at home 
people worship under trees. Right. Yeah. Like people pray anywhere and it it taught me that we can come to Christ just as we are. That's like we good. we don't need to prepare for anything. Mm-hmm. You know? And so so my perception on on that changed a bit, but I appreciate anyway. Um just the way we worship and it is the same God really. So just here. So one of our sponsors is me, Whispers of Foundry. Uh, I started this hand lettering business about two years ago, and I bring you whimsical, hand lettered, inspirational sayings, cards, prints, wood signs, you name it, I will do it. Uh, go to my Etsy shop at sprezzafoundry.etsy.com. That's Sprezza, S-P-R-E-Z-Z-A, Foundry. And also on Instagram at Sprezza Foundry. Use promo code PODCAST for 10% off your order. Uh, You can direct message me for any custom jobs that you're interested in. And I would love to Sprezify your house, bring a little nonchalant elegance from my home to yours. So bringing in just another culture that you were recently exposed to. You had quite the experience with a Peruvian priest on the airplane on the way over here. Tell us about what happened there. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, geez, I'm, I'm still, I'm still coming into terms with that. I, I don't know what to think about it. Um, but so, 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 you know, I, the, the flight was from Nairobi to London, uh, 11 o'clock Nairobi, uh, 6.30 a.m. London. And so we didn't talk, right? Um, it was time so to sleep. It, it was time to sleep. I mean, he, he was old and he looked a bit elderly and I let him sleep. But he was dressed as a priest, right? Dressed as a priest, 100% complete. He had a gray robe. He had a rope for his on his waist. Like that, that is how legit he was, right? Okay. And I let him sleep. And then towards the very end, like 10 minutes, um, before we landed, uh, the seatbelt light came on. We put our blah, blah, blah. And then he said, uh, it's time to land, blah, blah, blah. And he talked, he mumbled a few things. But one of the things he said was, um, I asked him, are you going back to Kenya? And he said, oh, the people here, I love the smiles. They're so beautiful, so beautiful, but poor, but very beautiful, uh, very happy, very peaceful. I must come back again. I prayed for them. And so he told me in passing, he, he was here to pray for some girls at a school his community had sent him i didn't actually fully grasp what he does and also he asked me what what do you do and i told him oh i work for a non-profit and i also run a safari company um and you know we didn't like talk in depth this is the last 10 minutes before the plane landed and so one last thing he asked me is what are you doing in london then i told him i am en route to the u.s and um we have to I have a 10-hour layover in London. And he asked me, what are you going to do? And I told him, well, I'm just going to play in London. He asked me, do you have any money? And I told him, well, yeah, I have a few coins. I said, I have a few coins. And so I don't know whether he got that as he doesn't have any money or what. Because he looked at me, he put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, Kelvin, I want you to know that God loves you so much. And because I don't trust people easily, I thought, oh, well, I mean, he's a man of God. He probably says that to everyone. And I <laughs> told him, okay, thank you. And he said, no, 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 Kelvin. I want you to know that God loves you so much and you're very special. And I'm like, okay, this is getting weird now. <laughs> he opens his bag 
takes out his wallet and and gives me like a bunch of notes so i i just i just take the money and put it in my pocket and i say thank you very much you didn't have to do that and then he asks me is that enough and i'm looking at him like i haven't even counted the money i don't know how much it is Mm -hmm. to know whether it's enough or not and then he this time he he removed his hand from my shoulder and put it on my um on my on my head and he continues to say kelvin you don't understand but i want you to know that god loves you so much and you're very special and that was wow that was weird for me mm-hmm. but at the same time i knew maybe it's god unique way of sending someone to tell me this yeah. and so it went on and on. Three minutes later, he's still talking and saying, God loves you, Kelvin. And he's praying and making the symbol over his chest with his um, left hand. And he, at this time, people are wanting to get out of the plane. I'm still seated because I allow everyone else to go. And I yeah. come out last when there is no commotion. He grab, grabs his bag again, dips his hand in his wallet, comes back again with a stash of cash. And he gives it to me and says, Kelvin, I want you more to have money. this. More money. <laughs> I want you to have this. And, and God loves you so much. And so he did that three times. But at the end of it all, he didn't even want to leave. He was mm-hmm. like, God loves you, Kelvin. God loves you. And he went away. Wow. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Do I, you feel like that's something that God has been trying to get across to you in other ways? I, I feel... Um, I've really, really thought about it on this trip. Yeah. Like, like, and as my testimony goes... Like, am I attaching meaning to useless things? Or, like like my whole testimony is, is this something that in a year or so, I'll start seeing it. Yeah, and I think what right. God does for me is exactly that. He puts me in a situation where I totally don't understand. Yes, It was the same thing with my mom. My mom prayed a lot for her sons to be, to be good kids, to be great men, influential people, to be people who know Christ, right? Mm-hmm. But one of her sons died and mm-hmm. it messed her up. Yeah. She, she, it just, it just did things to her. She didn't understand how God mm-hmm. operates, right? Yeah. Um, my mom wanted her business to grow, to be big, right? Uh, growing up one day, there was a big preacher coming into town. He said, write your prayer request down and bring it to the front. I'm going to put it in this basket and you're all going to pray for it. And I unrolled, my, my mom gave me a piece of paper and I, and I unrolled it and I read and she had written, she wants her business to grow. But that prayer for her never came to pass. That promise never came to pass, mm. right? And so I have to be content. Even today, um, sometimes I think maybe the prayers of my mom are being answered through me mm, in sure. business, in, in all these connections, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so in the same way, I think what happened to me on the plane with that priest, maybe right now I may not come to terms with it. Like I may not understand yeah. what it is all about, mm-hmm. but maybe two months, two weeks, two years, 20 years down the line, yeah. I'll come to say that was why that happened. You yes. know? And so I have to trust God now to, you know, I, I was the kid who was praying for, for something supernatural to happen. Like, God, show me something. Show me you exist. Show me that you're there. Maybe this is one of the little signs. Yeah. Seven yeah. years later, maybe. That is definitely That's something that has happened in my life where sure. where God has maybe given me a vision or just pointed things out to me. Like, there have been moments where I've been walking down a road and he's almost, like, made my mind to take a a photograph of, of certain things and I'm like that's significant and I don't know why but I know it's significant and then months or years later I remember it and, and, and connect it with scripture and 
it all makes sense. In mm-hmm. fact, there is a massive element in the the content of Collected that is one of those such experiences. Um, so I think one day we'll know what yeah. Padre Martin was up to there. One day. I don't think, I think sometimes we try and figure moments like that out and we want to, we want to have like an explanation for it. And like you're saying, you may never fully know why your paths were crossed, but even the fact that you're telling that story now to me says something about that moment mm-hmm. and will speak to someone that hears it by listening to this podcast right now. Yeah. And you just have, we have no idea the impact that it will have. And I think God, that's part of how God works is he's like, I'm going to do something and you're not going to fully understand it, but I'm going to use it beyond what you can Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I I think what God does is exactly that. That it's like a big puzzle for him and we are the pieces of the puzzle. So Mm -hmm. you can't see the end result because you're down here, but he's up there and he's looking at you. And every time I think of that story, I think I, I am the last person to who makes a big deal out of anything, really. Like like if you know me, I am like psh that's nothing, you know. Uh my mom is the other way around. My mom is like, you know you know i grew up with her um with my dad working um in the forces and my mom is the type of person who wakes up and i'm like good morning mom and she's like good morning kelvin did you say hi to jesus he woke you up blah 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 like she oozes jesus like that, <laughs> you know and i'm like awesome. whoa 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 mom i just need pancakes i don't need any drama chai, chai. and chai this chai. morning you know and so I, I think it is exactly that but but one thing um my mom just has kept her faith going and, and that is very significant mm-hmm. for me and also for her um, whether or not God answered her prayers and, and they're absolutely right that there are moments in there of, of dry patches in our Christian walk sure it was the same with me for for 10 more maybe 15 years I, I longed to experience God like I, I knew he was there right mm-hmm. but but you want something more tangible right you know because it's not a feeling if if our faith is based on feelings like i feel I'm, like i love god today i feel i feel like i'm a christian today can you imagine if the same thing was like if god's love for us was was based on his yeah, yeah conditional based on feelings mm-hmm. i mean when you're hungry you're hungry you sort of put love aside right so yeah yeah. yeah. So your mom is really kind of one of your heroes of the faith, huh? She is. She is. You know, she 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 kept on at it. She 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 lost one of her sons um, at a certain time in her life. Also, uh, my dad was out of a job. My my elder brother was he was not a believer, and so he really questioned everything. At that time, I was a believer, but also struggling with what's happening. Mm-hmm. What is all this? Sure. I I don't understand any of this, and. But my mom was like, she's the type, turn off the television, we need to pray. Yeah. Right? Awesome. Uh, one day my brother actually walked out of of us wanting to pray. Uh-oh. And that was a low moment. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> no moment. But my mom was like, oh, yeah. She, she called us all, like my dad and my brother and me. And she said, you people have zero faith. Like, you think this is it? Do you think that that God has abandoned us now? Like... Why are you letting this situation like mold you? Or I mean, she went on and on and wow. on, and just mm-hmm. and she, she's a woman of faith. Um, people say that men uh, tend to marry someone who looks uh, like their mom. 
it's probably why one of the reasons why I'm not married yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't just make them anymore like they used to, you know. Ah, I love it. You're such a mama's boy. <laughs> I am. I am. I can't yeah. wait for your mom to listen to this. So great. What's her name? Her name is Elizabeth. Um, like the queen. Um, and so, and so she's she's really helped me in, in my spiritual journey. She's helped me to see that number one, um, God is not mocked. Mm-hmm. God is not blamed. Mm-hmm. Um, and in his own timing that God fulfills everything um, in his in his des- desires and how he wills yeah. it's not it's not the will of man to 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 try and figure out God right I think a lot of us do that really you mm-hmm. try to help God in you want a red car you want this you want that you want the other but we don't trust in his will to say God I want this and I don't care how I want it you you figure it out because you know what is best for me. Yeah. I'm going to give you a short story to show you how human beings, we, we have no idea what we want. Consider the story of the guy who, in the Bible, he sat somewhere um, and there was a pool. I think it was the pool of Siloam. And, and the story had it that um, he'd wait for the water to start. He'd jump in the pool. He was blind and was, he was crippled. And he heard that Jesus was passing by. And he shouted, Jesus, Jesus. And so fast forward, Jesus went to him and he told him, uh, what can I do for you? And that story is very important right there because people miss the mark. Yeah. And he told Jesus that I want to be taken to the pool every time the water stars. I don't, I don't have enough time to get to the pool because someone gets there before me. But if you really think about it, this was Jesus. It he wasn't could, what he really wanted. He could do anything. He could have just told him, mm-hmm. I want to be healed. Right. Right. I want, I want, I want to, 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 to stand up, I want my legs to work, I want my sight to work, and I want to go. You know, consider also uh, Paul and Silas when they were coming from the prison. They met a man begging for alms um, at, at, the, at the church, uh, at the door of the church. And they asked him, what can we do for you? And the man said, I want a few silver coins or gold coins. And they looked at him and told him, silver and gold we don't have, but in the name of the Lord, rise up and walk. He could have said, um, I want to be healed. But if you can't do that, then give me a few silver coins and right. go. Right. But our priorities are almost the other way around. We it's lose like yeah. we, perspective. Exactly. We lose perspective. And so from that comes my favorite verse in the Bible, which, which is Psalms 139, right, right by 23. It says, look deep into the desires of my heart, O Lord, and take away any foolish or selfish desires that you see. Mm and lead me in a path that is everlasting because sometimes i have foolish desires right. you know you 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 look at someone uh, and you maybe look at them longer than you should um or you or, or you think of someone in a bad way or or you just you know selfish desires you know the heart is the heart is selfish the heart is is evil the heart is you know out of it comes so many things you know and so that is one of my favorite verses and i derive it from those two stories and i ask god every day show me where you want me to go. Like, let me serve you as, as you want me to. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So two incredible ways that you serve. Um, one is Freedom Global, which mm-hmm. is really your day job. And Amali is kind of a gigantic side hustle. Um, tell us uh, kind of briefly as we begin to wrap up about Freedom Global. And then I also want to mention Flourish Kenya as well. Yes. Um, so Freedom Global is a, is a nonprofit that uh, runs in Kenya, Nairobi, a place called Limuru. Uh, it exists to glorify God through business, discipleship, and education. 
and my heartbeat is in the educate is in the business and so ideally we have a girls high school and the girls high school gives scholarship to girls living in extreme poverty um and it is our desire to expand the kingdom of god um and, and disciple the girls in that way while still running uh, a christ centered school and a christ centered business and um, the profit of the business, 100%, they go to the girls' school. Right now, we are 46% sustainable. Incredible. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, because we are working towards becoming a sustainable ministry in Kenya. And so, so most of the resources, most of the finances that you're getting from are um, actually being sourced in Kenya. Wow. So it's it's interesting. And your main mm-hmm. operation is a dairy farm, yeah? It's a dairy farm. We have 40 cows. Um, We've met them. Yes, we have a cow called uh, Denzel. Uh, we have a cow called Obama. Uh, we have a cow called um, uh, forget the name. Which one was um, uh, Which one was Krista's favorite? We have a Krista's favorite was a cow called A zero zero nine. That's correct, um, Krista. Uh, this show is going to be airing on your birthday. So happy 39th birthday to Krista Blaylock, the founder of Flourish Kenya and the owner of A009. Happy birthday. Random cow in Kenya. <laughs> and so let's let's transition into talking a little bit about Flourish Kenya. Um, you ended up involved with Flourish through, well, through me and through Krista, whom I mentioned, who's the, the founder of Flourish Kenya. Um, we've been traveling to Kenya and working with you, um, relying on you for our logistics on the ground, like we said, since 2003, so five years now. But in the last year and a half or two years, um, we've been traveling on our own with Flourish Kenya. And um, you you definitely have taken, as you do in many nonprofits, because you just have such a heart for people who are trying to do good, you've taken such an interest in Flourish. Could you speak to, just as a Kenyan, someone who sees firsthand the need could you explain the mission of flourish and why you feel that it's important that we continue on mission um i i feel um i feel very passionate about uh, flourish because um our communities back in kenya especially you know the poor and the impoverished um, um people with almost um nothing to eat um you know, sexual health and sexual education is very important. I have seen what a country, a developing country in Kenya, what maybe something like an unwanted pregnancy can do for someone. It, it can mean life or death for that person. For sure. Because you, you stop going to school, right? Um, and all your life becomes, you, you devote yourself to raising your kid, right? We have people who die, you know, trying to maybe get abortions or something like that, right? Um, the stigma levels are so high. You know, like once you you get a baby and 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 you decide to raise a baby, you know, you're always seen as you know that person or that person or this person. You know, right. you know, a community that is also very judgmental. You know, right. and so you know, with Flourish Kenya and what they are what they are coming to do in our community, I think it's awesome um, because really what it does is is give these girls a second chance. Um, our God is a God of second chances. You know, that is so true. consider someone like David. He did terrible things and he's the only person in the bible that god says he's a man after my own heart and so i really feel passionate about what what flourish is doing and um you know on a personal level or or you know on a business level i mean i i feel like i just want to give you guys all the help um Mm. you you deserve and you know on speaking on behalf of amali you know we started this thing wanting to help out people wanting to do good in our community 
and what better chance than than somebody like Flourish? Right. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, listeners, I don't know if you're aware. Um, this is Tia speaking. In case you don't know my voice yet, I'm on the board of Flourish Kenya, and Flourish is exists to. Uh, support and prevent unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. And we're based in this one small community called Kilgoris. And we have two local staff people, an administrator and a facilitator, one male, one female, who go into churches, who go into schools, and provide sexual and reproductive health education to kids who really don't have anyone giving them scientific facts about how their bodies work. There are so many... um, just pieces of misinformation and stigmas, like you said, Kelvin, and just so many things working against them that have caused the rate of unplanned adolescent pregnancy to to rise to 40% in girls between the ages of 10 and 19. I'm going to say that again because people tune out statistics. The unplanned adolescent pregnancy rate for girls between the ages of 10 and 19 in this one small area in rural Kenya is 40%, so almost half of all school-aged girls are becoming pregnant, many times against their will. And often, as Kelvin was saying, the outcome for these girls is is dire. They're either forced to be married and often not to um, the young man who impregnated her if she had willing sex. Uh, it could be uh, they could be forced to be married to an elder who has the, the cows to pay her dowry. Um, she might also opt to commit suicide because she knows that her options are so limited. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, as you said, Kelvin, sometimes these girls are are forced to um, pursue an abortion, which in Kenya is illegal. And so they're always back alley and very, very dangerous. So if you are interested in learning more about Flourish Kenya, uh, please visit flourishkenya.org. And that link will be in our show notes. Also, just know that everything that Collected does any revenue that we bring in, 10% of our gross income always goes back to Flourish Kenya. They are our charitable partner. And um, again, we are just so honored to have that connection and partnership with them. I just, I love that um, a huge part of who we are as Collected is empowering people to say yes to something that they don't see the, the full picture of. And I think that... Um, you like your life so much of your life is living proof that when we say yes to something that we don't have all the details for god truly does blow us away and he has crossed your paths with so many different people over the years and will continue to do that like i just believe that that is going to increase and the influence that you have is going to just reach beyond what you can expect or imagine kelvin and i think um like I'm grateful for your obedience yeah. to get after the things that God's put on your heart and to be empowered and to push through the hard stuff and you know to continue to to seek the Lord and um, fix your gaze on Him because that there's fruit in your life because of that and that's what happens when we when we're just like okay I'm gonna be obedient I'm gonna put my hands to the thing that's right in front of me and I'm gonna trust you Lord to provide and to do what only you can do so um thank you for being a living testament of that it's really powerful and thank you for coming and being here with us this morning we appreciate your time thank you for having me yeah Yeah. we're gonna have to have you back again absolutely maybe we'll do a a kenya recording (laughs) next time we're over to visit you yeah maybe we'd love to great
That guy is just one of my favorites. <laughs> We're already laughing. Cracks okay. me up. He convicts me. Mm-hmm. So, guys, we invited... Krista was here. Um, you heard us talk about Krista, the founder of Flourish Kenya. She was here for Kelvin's interview. And so we invited her in um, for our after chat. Welcome, Krista. Hi. This Hi. is your first appearance on The Collected Podcast. It is. Hello. We're Hi. so happy to have you here. And happy birthday. Thank you. You are actually... When this airs, you'll be in Kenya. I will. Yes. Tell us about what you're going to be doing on that trip. Um, so this trip in December, um, we are actually going to be at a youth conference in Kilgoris. Um, one of our partners in ministry is um, a network of churches called Winds of Grace, and um, we will be with them every year. They put on a conference for local youth, um, and we will have we'll be hosting about two hundred kids. Oh, that's a lot of kids at that conference for a entire week. Wow. Prayers. Michaela, we... Prayers will be with you. Yes, lots Thank of prayers. You. Thank you. <laughs> we were um, in Kilgoris in April. Mm-hmm. And what was kind of your... What was your big takeaway from your trip in April? Yeah, I think for me, I just... I saw how powerful it is, um, you know, when people gather together. Um, like, what you might see as something small or, or even being in a smaller town... Um, the impact you have is really up to you. And um, what Flourish is doing in Kilgoris is, it's it's world changing, it's changing lives. And um, so, I mean, again, it comes back to obedience and um, you'll, I mean, we heard that in Calvin's um, all throughout his story, but just faithful, being faithful and people who are willing to, like to sacrifice and to give yeah. whatever it takes mm-hmm. um, to see lives changed. And that's happening in Kilgoris. And it's just the beginning. Yeah. So. And we definitely want to invite our listeners to partner in that transformation and life change that is happening in Kilgoris. There is an end of year fundraising campaign happening. Yes. Yeah. So how tell people how they can get on board and donate to our end of year campaign, Krista. Um, super easy. Um, you can always go to our website um, at flourishkenya.org. And there are links there under our giving tab. And uh, this year it is called uh, 40 for 40. And we are looking for 40 families to give just $40 a month. And what that does is that helps us continue to impact that community Um partner with our facilitator and our educator there that are doing the work every day to continue to support the youth in the community. That's awesome. Well, guys, we really hope that you enjoyed our interview with Kelvin Massio, and we will see you here back next week. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would spread the word. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. You can also find Tia at Tia McNelly Notes and Jess at Spreza Foundry. Check back for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday. also like to send a shout out to my man obi obama and just say I, what 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 up homie 
I'm here in the US of A. Call me, dude. Say hi to the girls. <laughs>